Praise the Lord. Now our subject is it's Christmas Christianly. By implication, should Christians celebrate Christmas? Do we have any backing for what we are doing? Hallelujah. And does it affect our faith? That is when Christ was born and celebrating his birth. Either wrong or right, does it have any effect in our faith? Praise the Lord. Now, to start with, there was this thing called the Christian year. When the arrangement whereby days and seasons of the year were set aside for commemoration of particular aspects of the Christian faith, it was generally adopted in the church ending up to the following pattern by the Jewish church which was all year round of ordered high festivals and solemn days. The early church had certain days they were celebrating and they were based on the Jewish pattern Wearing remembrance, for instance, of things like Passover, the day of atonement, the day of Pentecost, the day of tabernacles, all these particular workings of Christ in relation to redemption had their specific days they were celebrating. Praise the living God. The origin of the year. The purpose was to celebrate progressively the work of redemption of our Lord Jesus Christ and to stress the role the church has to play in acknowledging the work of redemption. Amen? So the early church, what they were doing was actually to celebrate the work of redemption and not the birth of Jesus Christ. That is a very early church which has to do with what I call the origin of the year where you have several days to be commemorated going from the days of Atomen, the day of Pentecost, the day of Tabernacle and so on and so forth. Praise the Lord. The second focal point of the divine plan is celebration is the incarnation and the atonement. Therefore, the first part of the year is based on Christmas and Easter Passover, each of which is preceded by suitable events, e.g. the Advent and Lent. Have you noticed that before in the Anglican Church? You have what you call the Advent and Lent, White Sunday, which climbs into Pentecost. That ends in the first part of the year. You know, they divided the year into two. 
So, from the beginning, you have those things. You have the advent and the length period. The Anglican see do some of those things. Say length. <laughs> you know, that is the things they were actually celebrating. And they are all into the work of redemption. Praise the living God. But the second part of the year extends to the date of Easter, like you can find in Acts chapter 12, from 21 to 27, uh, but, uh, from about 21 to 27 weeks. Easter was naturally enough. The first annual festival to be observed by the primitive church, which is connected to the Jewish festival of Passover. Easter, as a matter of fact, is wrong. When you use the word Easter, in the scripture, there is no word. It's only King James that used the word Easter. But the true word there is Passover. Praise the living God. That word Easter ought to read Passover. Because it was done to celebrate the feast of Passover. Praise the living God. Easter was actually a pagan religion. It was adopted and the name was just picked. As much as the festival did not begin until the fourth century, before then the Eastern Church, Greeks and all that, kept the feast of January 6th, now the feast of Epiphany. That is the only thing they were celebrating. We'll talk about the Eastern Block and then the Western Block. Amen? That's the Greeks and the rest of those people. They were celebrating what they called the Feast of Epiphany. They never had anything called Christmas. And it was done in January 6th. Praise the Lord. Later, the Western primitive, I mean, the Western uh, part also begin to observe December 25th. That is later. I'm going to give this to see it. So essentially, the early church did not observe the festival of Christ's birth. Rather, they had more important to his death and resurrection. Hallelujah. The early church did not celebrate Christmas. Rather, they were commemorating or remembering his death and resurrection. Because everything has to do with the work of redemption. Hallelujah. In the east and later in the west, the Christ's birth was observed on January 6th in connection with baptism. Listen very closely. Amen. That time, the things the Anglican called the Epiphany, it was within that period that they ended up celebrating the birth of Christ, which was January 6th. Praise the living God. In relation to baptism, the same day the pagan world celebrated the feast of Dionysus with the lightning of the days. The Christians were celebrating the birth of Christ on January 6th in connection to baptism and those who were not Christians were celebrating another festival which is the festival of Dionysus. The 9th of January 5th to 6th was devoted to the feast of Christ's birth and January 6th to his baptism. Hallelujah. 
He said, I'm trying to make you understand how the church has been fluctuating. Very inconsistent with what they are doing. They were celebrating the birth of Christ in January 6th. They started from January 5th, which they, which they thought or they felt was his birthday when he incarnated. And January 6th, they were now celebrating that for when Jesus was baptized. River Jordan. The church is full of ceremonies. Praise the living God. The Nativity Festival was separated from the early Christians' epiphany. Praise the living God. On the 6th of January 6th, and giving his own day on 25th December, between the year 325 AD and 354 AD. That is when they picked that date of 25th. They removed it from January and brought it to 25th December. Which was even the day that other pagan religions were having their festivals. Praise the living God. Are you listening? Alright. In Rome, December 25th was attested to as the day of Christ's birth in 336 AD. That is to say, they were not consistent. Other parts of the world said Jesus was born January 6th. And that is where they were celebrating it. In Rome, they were celebrating what date? December 25th. And they started doing that in 336 AD. Praise the living God. And it was introduced by Constantine. In Constantinople, Constantine the Great introduced Christmas on the 25th of December in 336 AD. Who evidently chose the day because of the popular pagan festival of the sun god, the sun Talia. There was a festival in Rome called Sontalea that was being celebrated on the 25th of December. And it was the sun god, that is the god that has, that has to do with the sun. And the festival was called Sontalea. So when Constantine came in as the emperor, he now found that eventually he believed God. He came in to become a Christian, so to say. Hallelujah. And he now find that for him to be able to hold the empire together, he would rather have one day for the entire festival. So instead of allowing them to celebrate the festival of the strong God, he now said that he used that day to celebrate the birth of Christ. So it became a kind of decree so that the unbelievers can accept him and the believers will still accept him. My friend, the 25th December date is not a choice of God. It is a choice of man to be able to put his empire together. Praise the living God. Gregory, Nazianzen, and Christotum popularized the new festival in Constantinople. But opposition to the new festival was stubborn throughout the East, especially in Syria, Antioch, and Egypt. They refused to take 20 feet as their date of the birth of Christ. Praise the living God. It was not received until 431. 
aging. But the Armenian Christians refused to date to celebrate that day. Because they knew that it was not a day and they never did it until Constantine came into power in 336 AD. The choice of the date, I remind you again, is given by a man and not by God. Hallelujah. Clearly seen then, the Ephraim celebration was not observed in the first century of the Christian church. The feast was established in memory of Christ's birth in the fourth century. They don't feel, let us celebrate the birth of Christ. He didn't tell us to celebrate his birth. Amen? So it was at the first century, at about the first century, that he chose the date and said, why not we think of what to do to celebrate the birth of Christ? And then they chose to celebrate it, not because the Lord said it. By the fifth century, the Western Church ordered the feast to be celebrated on the day of the metallic rites of the birth of the Son at the close and at the close of the Santulia, restoring the 25th December date. That is the Western Church. Who initially objected to it? Most of the customs now associated with it were of pagan origin and taken up by the Christian Church. Amen. So, Santalia, a Roman feast celebrated in mid-December, now provided a motel for many of the Merry Christmas celebrations. And it's not shocking. Yesterday, when I was driving away, I saw this man at Uzoro. Hello? How many of you know what is called Mahu? Okay. Very tall one. Talking through the nose. Ooh, ooh, ooh. You know, he's celebrating ooh, the birth of Christ. Even Juju too. I, I don't know if you understand what I'm talking about. Now, this is what actually happened. They turned the date of their idol worship to that of the celebration of who? Of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so most of the festival, they have elements of pagan, idol worship, all kind of things involved in it. Consider most of the people that celebrate Christmas. They have no respect for themselves and even for God. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Some will drink and forget themselves. Husband and wife will fight because there is no new clothes. Hallelujah. Incorrectness of the dates. I just want to look at that aspect before we go deep down to the main thing. Even the date of the 25th is not correct as to the date of the birth of Jesus Christ. In Luke chapter 2, verse 8 and verse 12, when the birth of Jesus was announced, the shepherds were out on the field feeding their flock and this corresponds to the beginning of the rains which is between October and November autumn month of the bull that is the Jewish name for that where sheep were brought to the shelter at night you can read Deuteronomy chapter 11 verse 14 on that 
Whereas the month of Tifle, the ninth month of the Jewish calendar, including part of November and December, was a month of cold and rain. You can take time to study January, I mean Jeremiah 36 verse 22, Ezra 10 verse 9 and 11, I mean 13. And Tibet, that is between December and January, have the lowest temperatures of the year with occasional snows in the highlands areas. By implication, it is not possible for shepherds to be on the field because of the cold weather in Palestine in the month of between December and January. Praise the living God. Because in Luke chapter 2, there was an announcement of a child being born. Glory to God and peace on earth. Hallelujah. Now, if it were to be December, it is too cold for the shepherd to take their sheep to the field for grazing. Rather than bring them in, like we read, if you take time to read that, Deuteronomy 11 verse 14, you find what I'm saying. So we can see precisely that the date of December did not agree with the date his birth was announced. Praise the living God. In Luke chapter 2 from verse 1 to 3, that is when Caesar asked the people to go home and collect their taxes. Hallelujah. No Roman emperor will allow his subjects, especially the rebellious Jews, to travel home to be registered for the purpose of tax collection in such a wintry and rainy month in December. Praise the living God. I want you to follow this historical facts. It will not be possible. Because remember the mother of Mary and all that they went to go and get their taxes. Praise the living God. And that's how they gave back to him on the road and things like that. There was a tax that said everybody should go home. And you know the Jews, they were rebelling against the government. It's at that time. But because the Roman Empire was ruling over them and they have to get taxes, and they will send them home. Go to Nazareth, go to wherever you are, go and collect your tax and pay. Register as a citizen and pay your tax. No Jewish, no Roman Empire, I mean Emperor, will have allowed the subject to travel at that time because it is too cold. Something that can even come to the point of snowing. Praise the living God. So we find that the date of December is not in agreement with the very day Jesus Christ was born. Hallelujah. Christmas. This Christmas time started from 24 December evening, which is called Christmas Eve, and continued to January 6th, called the Epiphany. That is what they were not doing. Now if you check this two dates, like we just said, it is rather too cold a season for any of these things to take place. None agreement to the date of birth. There were a lot of 
believers who refuse to agree not only with the December 25th which even the date they claim to be that of the birth of Christ Clement of Alexandria for instance says some places the birth of Christ on April 20th <laughs> Amen others in May 20th while Epiphanes stated says in Egypt he is believed to have been born in January 6th so most of the early people they chose the date they feel it was convenient for them if I may use that word Clement said it's April 28th others say it's May 28th Epiphanes says I mean Epiphanes he says it is January 6th. So the date was not even consistent with even those who claim to be celebrating the birth of their Messiah. Hallelujah. For a long time, the Greek had no special feast corresponding to the Xmas day. Tisosum. On an Xmas sermon in AD 386, it is not ten years since this day was clearly known to us, but it has been from the beginning to those who dwell in the West. In other words, it was new to them, but it was celebrating Christmas. The whole Western Church unanimously agreed upon this date, and the Eastern Church adopted it without such contradiction. Praise the living God. Are you following what I'm saying? So you can find from the background historically, there was this inconsistency in what they want to do, the gates to choose, and so on and so forth. The Roman Catholic Church, for instance, they were observing it this way. At midnight, they were observing the birth of Christ. That is what translated into the Anglican. I remember either one we see at the church. We used to carry candles sometimes in the night. Uh, so the Roman Catholic Church was celebrating the birth, the birth of the Father, at midnight, birth of the Father, before all ages, then dawn of the Blessed Virgin, and daytime in the heart of the faithful. This is how they break the festival into. Praise the living God. Non-Christian element in Christmas. The light of purpose. The scandals. Light reminds us of the Jewish feasting of purification. It's not Christian. The giving of presents was a Roman custom. But it tried did that because wise uh, men came to give gift unto Jesus. But the gift of present to people was a Roman custom. I said it in Ilori, no in Lagos. If it is because the wise men gave gift to Jesus, that is why we are giving gift. They should bring all the gift to the church. Because that is where Jesus is. Hello. You don't carry gift to a hidden and you say you are giving it to Jesus Christ. The wise men did not give the gift to Herod. They gave it to Jesus. 
So go and locate where Jesus is and give your gift. But it's going to be doing it during Christmas to carry gift to your manager. And he said, because it's Christmas. The wise men did not give gift to Herod. They gave it to the king, Jesus. So we find that it is not true. The gifting was a Roman custom. Praise the living God. The yew tree, that tree you used to see with the plants, and the yew log, are remnants of all titanic nature worship. There was some natural worship that's adoring specific trees. You know, in the, in, in the middle bed, we see some people worshiping trees. Maybe you don't understand. The religion of Nigeria is like this. In the north, people worship stones. In the middle bed, they worship trees. In the south, we worship river. Did you notice that? That is nature worship. Man is always identifying with nature, with object that is most prominent around him. So you find Ibe and Obanja spirit in the south because we are close to river. You hardly can find an Obanja person in the north. Have you observed that? No, you take time. Don't just be a Christian like that. Observe these things. You don't go to the north and be conducting a budget deliverance. It is it is hard to do it. Why? Because you are close to river. So you worship river spirits. Now to the north, they worship stone spirits. The middle bed, they worship trees. Because they are in the middle bed, rainforest. Mighty Iroko trees. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So, all those trees you see, they were the Roman custom with which they were worshipping the old Titanic nature worship. They were worshipping those trees. And so we introduce that again into Christianity and then become the yew tree or yuletai tree or what you call Christmas tree. And so, the scientists who are now manufacturing these trees are making so much out of the foolish Christians. Hallelujah. I didn't know when Jesus was born, there was a tree planted in the house. So how it came that a tree is associated with his celebration, I can't understand. That will tell you that it was introduced along the line of the Roman paganistic worship. Praise the living God. Gradually the festival sank into human and self-satisfaction. And that is what we see today. The custom was forbidden by an act of parliament in 1556. And the reformation brought in a reformation in the celebration by emphasizing Christian elements. Listen closely. In 1556 in Rome, they banned Christmas. Yes, I was involved. I don't know if anybody understanding me. It degenerated to a level of human satisfaction. Only, there was no spiritual element involved in it. And so the parliament passed a bill and banned Christmas in 1556. During the reforms, 
it was brought back, but this time the Lord said, only Christian elements should be observed. When the natural man can observe that what people claim to be what to glorify God have degenerated to that of self and humanistic attitude and balance. The Christians who ought to know better are still doing the same thing that the natural man bound with a degree. Praise the living God. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Please follow it closely. It's important you know these things. Amen. So when was Christ born? Trying to be fast. His human manifestation was in the mount of Ether. Ethanim. The Jewish, I told you before we have the bull mount and several of them, that the very mount in which Jesus was born, based on the Jewish calendar, is called the Ethanim. And Ether means first between September and October. Praise the living God. And so the actual date of Christ's birth is between September and October of the year 2 BCE. Six months after the birth of John the Baptist. During the reign of Augustus Caesar. Towards the end of Herod the great reign over Judea. This is when Jesus was born. Praise the living God. Now here are the great reign of Judea in 227 BC. If you take time, compare Matthew chapter 2, verse 1, verse 13, and then 20 to 27, Luke chapter 1, verse 24 to 31. So the truth of the matter is Jesus was born between September and October, 2 BCE. Six months after the birth of John the Baptist. Hallelujah. In Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 to 11, and then 10 to 12, you will read the account where we were told that wise men came to look for who? For Jesus. Now listen closely. The person that they came to look for was not a baby. They came to look for a person who was already two years old. Amen? Are you listening to me? He said, how do we know that? If you study Matthew chapter 2, 1 to 10, and then 11 to 12, you are going to find the picture. Herod said, when the people came, he said, one time, and they mentioned the wise men. And he said, by the time they left, he said, can you go, when you find the king, just come and tell me. So that I too will go and worship him or, you know, things like that. Amen? But God told the wise men not to return. Now listen, after Herod discovered that the wise men did not come back, he now said they should enter the city and kill any child that is up to the age of two years old. I mean, are you understanding what I'm talking about? Did you understand what I'm saying? Why did he use that number? 
Because from what he was told, compared to what Jesus was born, Jesus was already about two years old before the wise men arrived to see him. So when we check the statistics, we find that he was not born at that particular time. Because it was Herod the Great that was in power this time. So he was already two years old in a house when the wise men visited him with their gifts. Praise the living God. But you see, the picture they show us in your Christmas card is a little baby in a basket. That is a lie. Because a wise man saw a boy that is already two years old. And not a baby in a basket. With a candle around it. Merry Christmas. Hallelujah. He was not in a manger. He was already in a house. Praise the living God. John began his ministry in the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, which ran from August 17, 28 BC to August 16 to 29 BC. And he was 30 years old. You can see the book of Numbers chapter 4 verse 3 and verse 23, 29 to 31. What I'm trying to make you understand that John the Baptist will not get into ministry until he was 30 years old. That is what the scripture says. He was a priest. No priest is allowed to officiate until you are 30 years old. That is the law. That is why Jesus did not enter ministry until he was 30 years old. Amen? Did you understand what I said? So if you check when John the Baptist started ministry, and he was six months older than Jesus Christ, you can be able to find out exactly when Jesus Christ was born. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. We didn't know the exact date it was born, but we can calculate the date from the birth of John the Baptist. Because John the Baptist's date was known, and he was six months older than who? Than Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. But who then is Christ? I'm trying to summarize and be fast so that we can be able to finish up. Praise the living God. Who then is Christ? His pre-human existence, for instance, and I would like us to be reading some of this. In John chapter 3, verse 13, turn over there, let's begin to use the Bible now. We want to prove one or two things. John 3 verse 13. Praise the Lord. He was saying this to Nicodemus. John 3 13 and he says, And no man has ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. That is to say, he existed before he manifested as a human being. Amen? If you 
look at chapter 6 of John and verse 38. For I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. He had been existing ever before he came down. John 1, 1 to 2. The Bible says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He made all this. So, the Lord Jesus existed before all creation came into being. Colossians 1, 16 and 17. For in him were all things created, that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrown, or dominion, or principalities, or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And it's before all things, and by him all things consist. Praise the living God. From this we can find that he created all things, and he existed before all things. Now how can he that created all things be born just 2,000 years ago? Hallelujah. Is anybody understand what I'm talking about? How can the person that have existed and has created all things be born just 2,000 years ago? It's a question for all of us to answer. Praise the living God. We must understand, for instance, in Genesis chapter 17, 1 to 3. Judges chapter 6, 21 to 22. And then 13, verse 15 to 20. We find a typical situation where angels manifested themselves unto who? Unto Abraham and Manuel. In Genesis 17, angels manifested themselves unto Abraham. They are existing beings, but manifested in the flesh for the purpose. That is not the beginning of their life. I don't know if anybody is understanding me. Because we are talking about the death. The death of someone is when he begins to exist in our context. But we are saying angels can take up form and they can deep their lives. They have the power. Hallelujah. So conclusively we can find that Christ who had been existing before time manifested as a human being. But that is not to say that is when he started existing. Praise the living God. In fact, John 1 14 says, He became flesh. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. Listen, is it the flesh you are celebrating or the one that became flesh? Did you understand what I said? John chapter 1, the Bible says, In the beginning was the word, the word was his God, and the word was God. 
And in John 14, he said, The word that was God became flesh and dwelt among us. So you find that there is a human being that encased himself in a cartoon called flesh. Hello? Now, is it the cartoon's bed you are celebrating or the man that chose to stay in a cartoon? I think it's the cartoon. Hallelujah. Because the existence of the man in that cartoon has ever been glory to God. So, let us instead turn it to say we are celebrating the birth of Jesus and remove Christ. Because Christ came to dwell inside a man called Jesus. Is anybody understanding what I'm saying? So what we are celebrating now is the birth of that human flesh. But the thing is this. That human flesh has been nailed to the cross. And it is not just that. The scriptures say, cross is everyone that hanging on a tree. We are celebrating a cross. That may be too hard for you. It's a sacrificial lamb. Is anybody understanding me? The purpose of the flesh was for what? Sacrifice. So you see, the early church was even right. If they were celebrating the day of atonement, when God atoned for the sins of men, are you understanding that? It is more reasonable than the talk of celebrating the time the carcass was brought forth. And that is why, to you, you do not understand. When you are celebrating your birth, you are celebrating the deadest flesh came forth. Because that is not you. Your issue has been assisting with God. You don't have a bad day. It is ignorance to celebrate when a demon our Papa told us you want to see Satan? Look at your face. And you are celebrating Satan. And you call it by day. It's the height of ignorance. Because you have ever existed before you enter this body. This is not me. This is a covering. My real me is inside. And he has existed with my father for an eternity. And that is why if I drop this carcass, I go back to where I came from. Hallelujah. Is anybody following what I'm saying? Let's keep on it here because we are just starting this. Amen. So we are celebrating carcass and not the Christ. Listen. On your part, if you must celebrate anything called bad day, celebrate the day you were born again. Come on, do you understand what I'm talking about? Celebrate the day the Christ Spirit came into your life, not the day you were born into this one. Some people who are celebrating bad day, they already arm robbers. Celebrating the day an arm robber was born. You give out a child, bad day, bad day. You don't even know the end of that child yet. Peace and arm robbers are celebrating their deaths. Creating more problems for the world. 
Instead of removing them from the world, you are glorifying the flesh and devil that is existing in your house. You say you are doing bad day. It will not enter into the heart of man because flesh is powerful. When we say this, they criticize too much. This is no criticism. There is no use celebrating a demon. Celebrate the day Christ came into your life. That is where your real life was discovered. You were lost and you were found. Celebrate the day you were found. The prodigal son father celebrated when the boy returned. That is the date of celebration. Celebrate the day you were born again as a Christian. Hallelujah. God. So Christ existed before time. He is the Son of God. Hallelujah. That he became the Son of Man. And they are celebrating the Son of Man and not the Son of God. Because they are all men. But if you don't live as God, you shall die like men. Psalm 82 says, Who is Christ then? A mighty one. 8 to 25, we are told Mary was found with a child. In Luke chapter 1, 30 to 31, 34 to 35, the scripture says, this Mary was overshadowed by a cloud. And the word of God said, Thou holy thing that shall be found in you shall be called what? The Son of God. Christ is the holy thing. Amen? If you may understand, in Matthew, he was not called Christ from chapter 1 and 2. He was called Jesus. After baptism in chapter 3, he became Jesus Christ. When he asked the apostles, who do men say that I am? They didn't say you are Jesus Christ. Was that the answer? Matthew 16, 16. Peter said, thou the Christ. Thou art the Christ. And listen to me. He wasn't saying you standing you are the Christ. No. He was saying the Christ dwells in you. You are the carrier of that Christ. Where is the living God? <laughs> He said, the holy thing. That means the Christ came, the cloud, people don't understand. That cloud that overshadowed Mary, was the same cloud that overshadowed the mountain of transfiguration, was the same cloud that shadowed the mountain when Moses went to take the laws. Are you understanding me? It was the same cloud that was in the tabernacle, in the wilderness. Listen, that cloud is the carrier of God's presence. And that is a cloud that he rode away, away home when he resurrected in the book of Acts. Chapter 1 verse 11. He said, a cloud took him out of their sight. He came in a cloud, he left in a cloud. The cloud is his own airplane. He's the vehicle that conveys him. Out of that cloud, he stepped down and took residence inside Mary. The Christ whisper is in the spirit. It's not the cross one on the tree. 
And so when people say, he's coming again, he's coming from this cloud. And they go out and begin to look. There was a minister I used to know of in the United States. Very powerful minister. In the middle of the night, he will leave his home, leave the children, and go outside and stand. Brother Hadi. He go outside and stand. What is he standing to wait for? He's waiting for the rapture. Because the Lord will come in the cloud. He will not even stay under a tree. He doesn't want anything to disturb Jesus descending and picking him. I'm talking of a minister. That is how ignorant. With all the mighty signs and wonders. He will wake up sometimes 12, sometimes 1. And go and stand outside. He'll be looking up. Waiting for the trumpet. To take him away. Did Jesus go in this cloud? He left in a cloud of glory. And that was a cloud of glory that overshadowed Mary in the book of Luke chapter 1. Hallelujah. Out of that cloud there was a deposit of God's life in Mary. And that deposit called the holy thing is the Christ. And that deposit has come to you now. And it's inside you. I don't know if the one in you that is why you are celebrating. I don't know. Instead of celebrating him, have communion with him. Praise the living God. <laughs> Amen. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. So we find that Christ is an eternal spirit. Amen. Clothed with a body called Jesus. I would like us to read Hebrew chapter 10. Very quickly. I want you to pay very close attention because I may not visit the subject again subsequently in camp meetings. All you need is to get it tapes. If you choose to die, believing ignorance and doing what they are doing is left for you. Who call your rise and celebrate a coarse man on a tree? I serve a living God. People went there and said, why are you looking for the living among the dead? The God I serve is alive. He is not dead. And in fact, he was not just born in Bethlehem. He had been existing. He had been existing from eternity. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 10. I'll read verse 5. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering that will not. But what? A body have thou prepared me. When he came into the world, he said, Sacrifice of only thou will not. But a body, what was the body meant for? For sacrifice. So we are celebrating the body of sacrifice. Hallelujah. That was not his free body. He just chose that body. He found Hebrew true. And Father even told us. That because he fought a moment body, when he came into this world, he took not the form of an angel. But he took on the seed of Abraham. Because we is spreading our flesh 
and blood. But do you know Jesus revealed the kind of body he's existing with? He revealed it as a resurrection in the book of Luke. When the apostles were in, he came in and he said, Touch me, I'm not a ghost. For flesh, I mean ghosts have no flesh and no. Go read it. He said, Ghosts have no flesh and bones. No flesh and blood. Say, Ghosts have no flesh and bones. I mean, no flesh and blood. Amen? This is flesh and bones. Ghosts does it. Read it. Ghosts have no flesh and bones. That's what he said. Ghosts have no flesh and bones. Praise the living God. Amen? Check it out and find it. Amen? And 39, that's it. Behold my hands and my feet, that it is myself. Handle me and see, for the spirit are no flesh and bones. You look at that, as you have said. Flesh and bones. But what was sacrificed was flesh and blood. You think that the difference? Are you recording now? Amen. So ghosts have no flesh and bone. Now, it is this kind of body which is celestial that is existing with. Do you understand what I'm saying now? But he took on flesh and blood for the purpose of what? Sacrifice. So the one we are celebrating is flesh and blood. Which was just a medium of sacrifice to bring us back to flesh and bones. Hallelujah. Praise the living God. Now we can say that the Son of God is an eternal spirit that took on flesh for the purpose of the work of redemption. Praise the living God. In Hebrew again, chapter 7, Hebrew chapter 7 and verse 3 the Bible says if you can take it from verse 1 it says for this Melchizedek king of hell and prince of the most high God who met Abraham returning from slaughter the kings and bless him to whom also Abraham gave the tenth part of his first being by interpretation king of righteousness and after that also king of Salem which is king of peace is without father, without mother, without descent, have neither beginning of days, nor end of life, but may like unto the Son of God, abided a priest world continually. How do you celebrate somebody's birth that have no beginning of days and no end of days? Praise the living God. The Bible says it has no beginning of days. So which days are we celebrating? Somebody whose existence has no beginning. 
You just choose a date and begin to celebrate his birth. Hallelujah. Is it making sense to you? Amen. If you must celebrate a birthday, you are celebrating it because somebody was born at a particular day. But this man has no picking. Did you read it in your Bible there? Is it in your scriptures? Look at it again, verse 3. Without father, Joseph was not his father. Without mother, Mary was not even his mother. Without descent, have neither beginning of days nor end of life. Hallelujah. No beginning of day, no end of life. So how do we choose to celebrate somebody's birth when we don't even know when he started existing? Praise the Lord. So how does his spirit, I mean how does this aspect of belief affect our faith? It is to understand that Christ is not just a man, but the spirit of the Father, which, with which we are better back into the family of God. Hallelujah. How should we understand who Christ is? And how does it affect our faith? Until we stop seeing Christ as a literal human being, Amen. I'm beginning to think with a new consciousness that it is the Spirit of God that is saying to give back to us, back to the Father. Until we begin to think that way, we cannot ascend into the Spirit. We cannot make progress in our faith. Because we'll be thinking at the level of a human being, because we are thinking about Him, at the level of a human being. Second Corinthians five seventeen, he said, "Though we have known Christ after the flesh, henceforth knowing Him no more after the flesh." Praise the living God. Is anybody understanding what I'm saying? Until we stop thinking of Jesus as a literal human being, our union with the Father is impossible. The purpose of the Christ spirit is to unite us back to who? To the Father. Christ is the spirit of the Father. Jesus for the body of sacrifice. That is what the scriptures Hallelujah. And there is no way in the scriptures God himself commanded we should celebrate when he gave form to Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. In John chapter 3 verse 6 The Bible says you must be born again That which is born of the flesh Is flesh And that which is born of the spirit Is what? Is spirit And in Proverbs 20 verse 27 He said the spirit of man Is the candle of the Lord Our candle was put out Because of our relationship With Adam but Jesus came to put the candle on. And he now said, you are now what? The light of the world. 
That is the mystery of our union with Christ. Hallelujah. He came to put on the candle that was off. You can be a candle without a light. And nobody can make use of you. So in Proverbs 20 verse 27. Say the spirit of man is a candle of the Lord. For you are made up of spirit, soul and body. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 23. So when you are talking of your new birth, it is the spirit of Christ coming into your spirit for he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. Listen. Celebrating the birth of Christ means celebrating your own birth. You are celebrating two births in your life. Hallelujah. If you understand what I'm saying, is anybody trying to understand me? Listen, you celebrate the birth of Christ on Christmas. In the true sense, you are celebrating your union with the Spirit of the Father. After that, you are now celebrating another birthday when your flesh, your carcass, Adam was born. You have two birthdays in your life. God forgive you. For he that is joined to the Lord is one Spirit. So, if you choose to celebrate Christmas, don't celebrate your whole birthday again. Because you can never be born twice. Either this one. Do you understand what I mean? First Corinthians 6, 17. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. And the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. When you are born again, your candle comes up. You become the light of the world. What are you celebrating? Celebrate when you were born again. Celebrate when your light came up. Don't celebrate when you came with a dead candle. There are a lot of candles in the stores. We can't make use of them until you strike a matches. Put thousand and one candles here. Darkness can still be here. You are celebrating darkness. Praise the Lord. Amen. What was the purpose of the Christ Spirit coming? John 3, 17. I want us to read that. I'm showing you two things. Amen. John 3, verse 17. The body was for sacrifice. What is the spirit for? Oh, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. John 3, 17. Are you there? For God sent not his son. Into the world to continue, but the world through him might be what saved. What is his salvation? It is our receiving by the Spirit of the Father that we become sons of God again. So the purpose of the Christ Spirit is to save us from our ignorance, our darkness, our blindness, our foolishness. That we are carrying on in the flesh in Adam. Amen. Are you still with me? Praise the living God. He sent the Spirit to save the world. That is the purpose of the Spirit. He gave his flesh for sacrifice. That is the purpose of the human Christ Jesus. When light comes into your life. Darkness will flee away. 
when the Christ Spirit comes into you, every darkness in your life is supposed to give way. That is what Christ came to do. I don't know the one you are celebrating. I keep asking you. If you like, go and join all your friends and be doing pagan Roman religion. And call it the birth of the Son of God. It's a lie. Hallelujah. What is wrong with Christmas Day, you may ask? Matthew 28, verse 6. He is risen. Hallelujah. The Lord is what? Risen. 2 John, verse 9. The Bible says, If you abide not in the doctrine of Christ, or his teachings, you do not have the Son, and you do not have the Father. What is the implication of that? If you are doing what he did not initiate, you are on your own course. He's not with you. Only wise people will say, Lord, if you don't go with me, I will not go. Moses was commissioned to go to Egypt, but he said, Lord, except your good go with me, I am not going. If you do what he did not initiate, you are doing it at your own initiative. Show me one scripture where Jesus said we should celebrate his birthday. Show me one scripture where anybody prophetically says God said we should celebrate his birthday. How can you celebrate the birth of the person who is existing for eternity? It's religious ignorance. The early church were better off when they celebrated the day of atonement. They had a better understanding than what we are presently doing. And we call ourselves Christians. Praise the living God. You will say, but well, the whole world has agreed to it. Besides that, there is nothing wrong. If you choose to celebrate the date, a Savior was born. Amen? In Exodus 32, Aaron made a golden calf and he called it God. And he called Israel, Hello Israel, this is thy God. We brought it out of Egypt. They found that everybody accepted to worship the golden calf. Was it acceptable to God? The fact that people chose to do something does not mean it has God's approval. The Bible says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may know the perfect will of God, the perfect will of God, both for you and for God, the perfect will of God. Do not be molded after the tradition of this world that you may know the perfect will of God. If I were to be taken over by the spirit of Christmas, I will emphasize this. Because I will be the one to benefit. If you follow the way the traditional world is doing it. Am I right? Come on, am I right? You will bring bags of rice now. 
Wine plenty. Am I right? Eh? So, I'm paying a price for telling you the truth. Because by the time I emphasize it, like what people are doing, you, you will, ah, Christmas now, you will still try this for me. But why will you wait in December before you do it? If you are not a giver, you are not a giver. If you must help someone only in Christmas period, you don't know what you are doing. Hallelujah. I've said it. If you choose to celebrate, send all the gifts to the church. Because the gifts were given to Jesus. They were not given to Herod. Don't send your gift to the heathen. Send it to the church. So that we can understand that you are actually celebrating the birth of the Savior. Praise the Lord. I want somebody to turn to Exodus 23. Read from verse 22. Very quickly. Exodus 23 from verse 1 to 2. It's important we take something. Because somebody said it one day. I was watching. He said, I keep on saying it. Why we are celebrating Christmas? A mighty minister, so to say. We celebrate Christmas on the 25th because the whole world have agreed. Oh my God. Because the whole world have agreed that we should celebrate Christmas on the 25th. That is why we do it. Since the whole world have agreed, we should do it. Amen. Is it the world now teaching you the things of your father? Or are you teaching them the things of your father? Exodus 23. You shall not circulate a false report. Don't circulate a false information. This one is a false information. Saying Jesus was born on the Christmas day is a false information. You are a false witness. Do not put your hand with the wicked to be an unrighteous. Do not put your hand with the wicked. 